Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, happy Friday. Welcome to the podcast. You guys, it is a special Friday. Mm-hmm. Not only is it the Friday before Thanksgiving, it is our 200th episode. Woo-woo. Two zero zero. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I'm pretty amazed that we're at 200. Yeah. Well, what's <laughs> funny about this is that this was never on our radar. We, I guess we had a number of people from church ask us, hey, sure. you guys need to do a podcast. You need yeah. to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. And COVID forced our hand. Yeah. Because we started the podcast at the beginning of COVID, and we're thinking we still need to find ways to touch base and communicate with you, mm. the church. I know there's a lot of you that don't go to Emmanuel necessarily that listen, but um, it's been a, nothing but a blessing. And truly, one of the good things to come from COVID that mm-hmm. the Lord used to kind of force our hand. And we just praise God that, yeah, He's using His word to help change people's lives and mm-hmm. hearts. And it's fun to talk about it. Yeah, and yeah, that's what he does. We were just glad to participate. So thank you guys for listening. I just heard a mom. You're good. Yep. Can I get this for Christmas? Oh, fabulous. Yeah, we'll put yeah. it on the list. We got Amazon knows what's up. They send you those like old school magazines that have all the kids' toys in it. Catalogs. The, ca- man, oh, the old catalogs. Catalog. JC catalog. <laughs> no, I remember getting that Sharpie out and circling stuff. Well, that's what's happening, guys. We got Amazon. We got Lakeshore Learning. Target. We got Target. So our kids are compiling lists. And to talk about They're generosity. Compiling. We're going to give. So in Hosea, we, yeah. we're in chapter six today, by the way. We're doing it, you guys, and I know that you're meeting the Lord in it, because we sure are, and so it's good to process together, though. So that's what we're going to do today, talk a little bit about um, how what we learn about the Lord, what we learn about ourselves here in chapter 6, um, and again, it's just a doozy, so mm-hmm. we'll kind of just flesh it out a little bit, just to help have some clarity and understanding, yeah. like the, what we've talked about in the past, like this poetry um, what kind of poetic language sometimes is, is confusing. So What's nice about it is it's yeah. only 11 verses, so it's not like it's overwhelming in terms of length. Sure. But, Bobby, I really appreciate you translated this in your own words earlier Did well. I? Yeah. Mm. Basically, you're like, if I had to say this in my own words, I'm saying it like this. Oh, yeah. Because so, it's about repentance. or Right. If you look at this like book as a whole, right now in the book of Hosea, we're in, right in the middle, and Israel is, um, you know, they've been caught. We, we understand, like, okay, we're doing something wrong. Um, and now it's kind of like, what are you going to do about it? And so they're repenting. So in, in verse 1, you hear, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. And so what's curious is, come, let us return to the Lord is kind of this initial, like, I'm sorry, this act of repentance, like, let us turn around. Mm -hmm. And why we know that this is just really hollow and superficial is if you skip down to verse four, it says this, what can I do with you, Ephraim? What can I do with you, Judah? So this would be like the perspective of Yahweh. Your love is like the morning mist like the early dew that disappears. And so essentially what we hear about this act of repentance, about this I'm sorry, is that it's just superficial, that it's like the morning mist, that when the sun comes up, it's gone. It's gone. Like that's how he, that's how yeah. the Israelites love for the Lord is being described, how their faithfulness, how their loyalty is being described. And so 
that's kind of where we want to camp on a little bit here. And kind of what stuck out mainly is, um, is this act of repentance and how really, truly, uh, what does that look like when it comes like from your heart? And what does it look like when you just mm-hmm. kind of got caught? Because <laughs> the truth is we've all been here and we've all said, totally. <laughs> I'm sorry, just to get through the awkward situation, just to get through the punishment, just to whatever, whether it's at school yes. or at home with a parent or even in your marriage. You're, I'm sorry. I've never done that, though. Um, I'm sorry, mom, for for hitting them. You know, whatever. Because at our house, we say this often. You can't just say sorry. You have to say you're sorry for what. Like identify the issue at hand. But even then, you can still say sorry and act your way through Mm -hmm. a situation just to get to the other side. Oh, totally. Because well, because you know that's what you should be doing. Exactly. Like, oh, I should be sorry, so I'm I'm gonna be. Unfortunately (laughs) for Israel, God knows the heart and is like, nope, Mm -hmm. not playing that game. Mm -hmm. I know what's going on. So, yeah. Because well, what God, what does God want? Like God's yeah. wanting, verse six, mm-hmm. He says, "I desire steadfast love, not sacrifice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings." Mm-hmm. He's saying, "Don't just like do the ritual. Don't just right. say I'm sorry because you're supposed to say I'm sorry." He's like, "I want commitment. Yeah, I want loyalty. I want you to be faithful. I want you to be consistent." Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of like if you keep translating it, like Clark said, for I desire mercy or steadfast love, not sacrifice. That's what, that's like the heart of it there is we don't want you just to go, God's heart is don't go through the motions, like come sincere, come genuine. Um, And that sounds actually like a lot of other places in the Bible too. Like this is one of those where, you know, Hosea is kind of the like, oh, I haven't read that book since 1982 or whatever. But, but like, even though maybe it has been a while since you read it, it sounds like other um, places in the Bible. Last week we taught, or Wednesday, we were talking about Jesus in the New Testament and just some of the um, verses in Romans 2. Yeah, Romans 1, Romans 3. It sounds like this. And so same thing you were mentioning, Psalm 51. Oh, that's my jam. How, Psalm 51 is my jam. Yeah, what? and you were... David's repenting of mm-hmm, his sin. Mm-hmm. And essentially, at the very end, he says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit and yeah. a contrite heart, mm-hmm. O God, which you will not despise. Because mm-hmm. he knows he could go kill an oxen or kill a cattle and mm-hmm. put... You know, like, all right, Lord, here's here's the altar, here's the sacrifice. And David already is ahead of the time, understanding God cares about the heart. Mm-hmm. David's a man after God's own heart, even through all of his flaws. And he goes, my sacrifice is not the cow. It's not the pig. It's not the yeah. oxen. It's a broken spirit and a contrite heart because true repentance leads to a turning mm-hmm. and a following of God. It doesn't mean we won't mess up again. We all will. But it's a quick repent. I'm turning around and I'm going to follow the way of Jesus. I'm following Christ. Holy Spirit, lead me and help me. Mm-hmm. And and that's important for us to to understand. Yeah, and even spend time in. I think this is one of those chapters. I mean, I'll speak for myself that we we don't really want to sit in you know chapters like six, seven, eight, or in these middle chapters. We kind of want to get to the end where where Israel's being what, restored, what happy ending, where you know Yahweh is just praised and it's and it's good. Their relationship is um, it's reconciled. And an encouragement and just what we learn about ourselves is even in everyday life is sometimes like you need to sit and really actually sift. I'm not saying dwell, but I am saying spend time and sit and understand how you contributed 
to, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever the yeah. problem might be. Um, look at it from different vantage points and actually honestly, objectively examine, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I need to own up to this. I actually yeah. contributed in this way. And if you're not able to do that in your own ability, you might need to sit down with your spouse or your friend totally. and actually be have a teachable spirit and say, I'm going to, I'm willing yeah. to listen and receive whatever it is like you have for me. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. do you see in my actions? What do you see in my life? Yeah. And being able to take that and swallow it and digest it is not always easy, but boy, is it important and almost always is it good, especially if you know that person loves you yeah. and is with you. But there needs to be an honesty of coming to terms with how you've contributed to the situation. Right. The picture that we kind of came that kind of came to mind as we were dialoguing about this was actually the house next door. Mm-hmm. Um, so we live in a church parsonage and they're working on one of the other parsonages next door. It, it is gutted. Like, it is rough. Literally, it is like, rough. <laughs> the walls are ripped out. The electri- electrical's ripped out. The plumbing's ripped out. Like, there is nothing Even but Even on the studs. outside, like the structure, they're yeah. redoing some of it. <laughs> and you find some stuff that's old and it was bad and needed to go. And like you said earlier, Bob, you said sometimes things need to get worse before they get better. Yeah. In the sense of, like, you need to completely gut and vet the yeah. house to make sure when you rebuild the house, everything yeah. is proper. There's no mold. There's no asbestos, which they found a little bit of that in there, just a little bit. But like, hey, we got to fix this the right way or you're going to have more problems later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you build the house from the ground up. So again, yeah, we just want to get to the built house. Like we want to yeah. get to where it's finished and, and not spend time on this, but just recognizing the importance of, of healed relationships and um, true, genuine, sincere repentance mm-hmm. and not this shallow repentance that we're reading in Hosea 6. Yeah, I want to jump to the New Testament because as as God's speaking through Hosea to Israel and Judah, it's it's through this sexual morality going, you, you have really, again, you become a whore and you've given yourself out to other yeah. people and to other gods and I'm calling you to come back and you come back for all, then you leave. And in the New Testament, this sounds a lot like Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. When he wrote his yeah. first letter to the church in Corinth, and there, there's multiple letters, by the way, but the first letter he wrote, he was talking in chapter 5 about the sexual morality in that church, and he says, like, that there's incest going on. He goes, mm. there's all kinds of, of immoral relationships between mm-hmm. all kinds of people. Right. And he said that's not okay, and he came down pretty hard on them and spoke honestly. What's fascinating is you flip to the second letter he wrote, or at least Second Corinthians, yeah, and he addresses the heart change of the church. Mm. If you look at Second Corinthians seven, verse eight, nine, and ten, he says, "Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I don't regret it." Because let's be honest, mm. sometimes we can get our feelings hurt when someone calls us on our on our sin, totally, or we did something wrong. And Paul came after him as he should. Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I don't regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you only for a little while yet now i am happy not because you were made sorry but because your sorrow led you to repentance Mm. for you became sorrowful as god intended and so we're not harmed in any way by us godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret yeah but worldly sorrow brings death so worldly Mm -hmm. sorrow again is like yeah i'm sorry get me through the situation so we can get through the other side and just keep going yeah like throw it under the rug throw the skeletons in the closet let's not deal with it we're fine paint the house and it looks all better good where sometimes it gotta get worse before it gets better you gotta gut the house before you rebuild Mm -hmm. it you gotta confess fully and clean out the wound before you can put the ointment and the band-aid on top 
and that's what Paul is saying. And so sometimes, on one hand, we need to be recipients of, of correction. And if yeah. you have people in your life who really love you, they will be honest. Sometimes the most unloving thing we can do is be afraid and not call somebody on their sin because we don't want an awkward moment. Mm. If you really love somebody and if they really love you, they'll call you and me, you, Bobby, on our sin. Mm. And we have to decide in that moment, am I going to walk in Christ likeness and right. humility and teachability? Or am I going to have a hard heart and be offended and walk away and talk bad about them behind their back? So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Paul's example here, pointing us to Christ and saying, I don't regret what I did because you brought change in your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and then like we have said, the, the vision remains the same. Like we do eventually get to the end of the chapter. The house does get built. You know, the story doesn't end here. So keep reading with us in Hosea. It's only just a few more chapters. Um, so we'll talk about that again on Monday. But before we get to Monday, we've got a couple... Housekeeping. A couple of announcements, yeah. exciting news. If you have watched The Chosen, you've heard Bobby and I talk about it often. We haven't plugged it lately, but oh boy, is it good. And so The Chosen is coming out with a Christmas movie. When they came out and released their theater times through Regal and AMC, the theater sold out in four hours across the country. So clearly, this is a huge hit. Bummer Amazing. we missed out. The good news is they're allowing our church to license it. And so we're going to be showing the movie yes. Saturday, December 11th at 2 o'clock p.m. on the church campus here. Uh, we'll be sending out the link through a church social media, emails probably in the bulletin. You have to buy a ticket. That money will go right to the chosen and you just show mm-hmm. up at church to watch it. So feel awesome. free to bring your friends, bring your family. But December 11th, 2 p.m., we'll be watching the cho- chosen Christmas movie. Um, and we hope that you'll come check it out. And last but not least, we hope that you'll consider checking out church with us on Sunday. Uh, this Sunday, we're prepping, and we're going to be talking about Jesus and food. I'm going to be preaching from the dinner table with the whole meal and all the fixings there. What does it look like to meet God at mealtime? So, hope to see you Sunday. Buy your chosen ticket shortly, and we will talk to you soon. God bless you. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks for listening. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.